Smartcast. With the Baker's Plus Card, it's easy to get lower than low prices for the win. Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus Card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Hello, and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show, featuring Jason Zook. In uncertain times, we must change our focus and priorities. This show will highlight social justice issues with the goal of expanding minds and increasing unity, love, and mutual respect for ourselves and our planet. We support the Black Lives Matter movement. Our show aspires to promote social spirituality, which simply means that by coming together, we can solve any of our problems, including the goal of bringing an end to all forms of hate, discrimination, bias, or oppression. We must protect our environment, reform our criminal justice system, and protect every citizen from police brutality. When we come together, it becomes possible to bridge the gaps that plague our society and divide us from within. We the people means everyone. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's with great pleasure that I have the opportunity of introducing special guest Tom Palladino to the show today. Palladino is a scalar energy researcher based in Florida. Scalar energy is a fundamental life force found everywhere in the world, space and the universe itself. It originates from the sun and the stars. Chi, prana, am, mana, life force, pyramid energy, or zero point energy are synonymous with scalar energy. Palladino has theorized that all energy in the universe initiates as scalar energy and that the sun in our solar system and the stars are the points of origin or the storehouses for scalar energy. He postulates that scalar energy is instructive energy as the entire universe is instructed by this divine essence. Subsequently, all spiritual, cognitive, emotional, and physical action in the universe is initiated and maintained by scalar energy instructions. As such, scalar energy provides order to the universe. It's with great pleasure that I welcome Tom to the show. Welcome to the show, Tom. And it is a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. I really appreciate I know it took a little bit to get us on the same calendar to do the episode, but I'm so excited about having this available to our audience, uh, not only through my podcast, but on my YouTube channel as well. And I know most of my audience is going to start off by wanting me to ask you, what the heck is scalar energy and how is it important to them? Yeah, it's an emerging science. Let's start with that. And as an emerging science, um, there's a lot to learn. What do I mean? It's not electricity or magnetism. There's two energies in the universe. There is the electromagnetic spectrum that is accepted by Newtonian physics. And that's great. And it's real and it's valid. Well, there's another energy. This emerging science, scalar energy, scalar science is now uncovering energy spectrum, if you will, that is quite different than that of electricity and magnetism. So when I speak of scalar energy, it is, in my opinion, the primary energy of the universe. It's the initial energy of the universe produced by the sun and the stars. And eventually it will be embraced as the superior form of energy, not electricity. The superior form of energy will be scalar energy. Who first came up with the theory about scalar energy. James Clark, Clark uh, Maxwell, a brilliant mathematician, he apparently put down in, in formula that scalar waves did exist. And, and those who've reviewed his notes say that he probably did have a, an understanding, at least in a mathematical construct, that scalar energy was real. Uh, Maxwell as a mathematician. And then Tesla, Nikola Tesla was the first scientists in practice who developed scalar energy instruments. He was working out of Colorado Springs in 1899, and he erected a tower, a scalar energy tower, in which he could produce miniature lightning bolts. And he was able to send energy, wireless energy, throughout Colorado Springs. 
quite fascinating. So uh, uh, as far as theory, it would be Maxwell. And then in practice, it would be Tesla. Those are the two scientists who were really on the cutting edge and understood that there was another energy. Now, when I say another energy, scalar energy, it's another dimension. If you're in a scalar energy dimension, it's, it's entirely different than the electromagnetic dimension. It, it has so many different laws and, and properties. It really is what some people call a wormhole or a, an alternate reality. It is indeed a different reality. It is indeed a different dimension. So when I'm speaking of scalar energy, this is the wormhole that some people refer to, you know, and that begs a definition in and of itself. You know what? You're hitting on areas I'm very find very fascinating uh, regarding wormholes, alternate realities, or expanded realities to different dimensions. Those are things that, for someone like myself, don't sound very foreign as concepts because of the the, the nature of what my audience uh, gets exposed to regularly. We 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 look at with an open mind and have an open open mindset to look at these different things and ex, you know explore them based on scalar energy itself. Would you say that we're just scratching the surface at this moment? Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's it's immense, it's it's infinite. I believe it, as you mentioned, it carries the instructions of the universe. Well, look at the universe. We have an in, <laughs> we have an infinite universe. So there's something behind that. There's there's something that gives rise. What is the cause of the universe? Well, to me, it's God. But how does God act through scalar energy? So scalar energy is the animating force of the universe. It maintains the universe. That's how important this is. If someone listens to this, when someone listens to our episode and they're thinking when you said God, and let's say they pray, when they pray, is that a form of evoking scalar energy into their life for relief and help? Precisely, precisely. It's my belief that scalar energy is a supernatural force. And this is why it's never been described by so many scientists, because they're, they're simply looking at the universe in a mechanistic viewpoint. Well, scale energy, first and foremost, is divine, and it's massless. It has no weight, and it, can, it, cannot, it cannot be defined as physical. It's non-physical. So what's non-physical, and what's infinite? Well, that's the essence of God. I'm... I'm amazed at what you're telling me right now, because when I do these interviews, sometimes they take different directions. And one of the things that I believe personally as a psychic medium is that someday we're going to develop technology to help support the ability of someone like myself to pick up on the other side and to explain spirituality from a more science-based technical perspective. And I guess what I want to ask you is, do you think scalar energy will be able to link us up to understanding, like, for example, when you die, the, the spirit leaves the body or the existence of spiritual energy within the body? Like, what's your viewpoint on that? Well, to start um, from my Christian background, I believe the soul, everybody has a soul. Every human being has a spirit, a soul. And that soul is made out of composed of scalar light. Okay. Now can, consider if, if your soul is non-physical, eternal, well, that describes scalar light. So what am I working with? The spirit of God. So, you know, this is not a stream of electrons. That's what electricity is. Okay, we're not speaking about voltage or wattage. We're speaking about a presence. So scalar energy is that spiritual essence. And I find that fact, I've had premonitions in the past where I feel like in the next 20 to 30 years, there's going to be some discovery with technology that enables us to understand spiritual energy in the body or these kind of phenomena that we're touching on. So I find it fascinating that you bring that up here because I love that idea. I love that we could create something in our own way to help decipher these great mysteries of the universe. Now, I'm going to say this as an encouragement to the listening audience. I have scalar energy instruments. They're scientific instruments. But that should not prohibit anybody from utilizing scalar energy on a daily basis and changing the world. And how do you do that? By your thoughts, prayer, your emotions, all of those are scalar energy emanations. So when I speak about scalar energy, it's your mind and your heart are great tools, are great vessels of scalar energy. So what I'm trying to prove to mankind is I've tapped into the essence of the universe, the what some call the Christ consciousness. That, that all begs a definition in and of itself. Fair enough. I'm going to say this to you. I know we had an off-camera conversation before we got on today or off mic conversation a couple of weeks ago. 
And I think one of the things we talked about very briefly was psychic energy and how I'm a psychic medium. I think one of the things you had mentioned off air was that you don't consider yourself a psychic, right? No, I, I don't. I do consider myself uh, a mystic. Okay. What do, I, what do I mean by that? I, I have the ability to discern, spiritual discernment. Because you're intuitive. Yes. And your intuition has led you in this. I believe everyone has some form of intuition. Oh, of and course. It's our talents. And mine is with the mediumship and psychic intuitive guidance myself. For you, it's the development of this idea concept, developing it further, contributing to the literature. Oh, I want sure. to ask you this. With reference to your instruments that you mentioned, how did you first get involved in this area is my first question. And the second part of that is, how did you develop your instruments? And if you could explain to our audience, without giving away secrets or anything like that, just a general understanding of what led you on the path you're on. I would say I've been gifted at a young age with the gift of mysticism. I, I simply understand these concepts. Many of these concepts that would some people would grapple with, to me, it's easy. To me, it's, it's, a, it's an infused wisdom, if you will, infused wisdom. And then uh, with that spiritual gift and the, my ability to understand scientists like Tesla and Hieronymus, <clears throat> Tesla and Hieronymus were the, the two uh, uh, scalar energy uh, physicists that I studied. Both men created scalar energy instruments. So I could study their work and it made sense to me. You know, where some people might say, I, I just don't quite get this. To me, it's easy. So it's a gift. You know, Nikola Tesla, I think many people in the audience will recognize that name. Tesla was a genius. And I'm trying to duplicate Tesla's work. Have you thought about the future of this? And what I mean yes. to say is you have your role right now. Where do you see this in 30, 40 years from now? It will change the role in, in, in a fewer number of years than that. Okay. In the, in the next 10 to 20 years, it will change the world radically because this is a new technology that will uh, replace the existing electromagnetic grid, if you will. And it's, wow. it's, gonna, it's going to have, I believe, scalar technology will have a greater impact upon mankind than that of the computer. So the, the, the computer technology is wonderful. You know, we're, I'm speaking to you today on a computer, but in my estimation, scalar will have a greater impact upon mankind than that of the computer. Earlier, you described yourself as a mystic. For our audience, can you explain that a little further? So that, let's say someone's tuning in, they never heard the term before. Sure. I'd uh, like to see if you just can explain that a little bit. God's wisdom. God has given me knowledge, wisdom. It's as simple as that. Let's talk about your website. I'm going to go into more detail with you, but I want to just early in the show, talk about your website. If you can share that with our audience so that they can look on as we discuss this or if they okay. want to after. Okay. The website is scalarlight.com, S-C-A-L-A-R, scalarlight.com. And the website is really a, a compendium of my work and a few other scalar energy researchers so that we can introduce these, this concept, this new concept, this new, this new and emerging science, if you will. And um, sadly, I'm one of the few scalar energy researchers in the world. So, so much of what I describe on the website is unique to my discovery. And, and I say that, and I'm not happy with that statement, but there, again, there are so few scalar energy researchers out there in this narrow focus. It is narrow, but nonetheless, I would hope that others would see the merit of this type of research. So main website is scalarlight.com. Visit the website and uh, thousands of articles on the website, some of them mine and some of them of scalar from scalar energy researchers. What do you think, if there's someone listening to this right now and they're Mr. Joe Skeptic mm -hmm. and they're hearing us talk about scalar energy mm -hmm. and this person might've been laid off and they're struggling at home and they found this podcast and they're like, okay, I'm gonna listen to this episode. I'm gonna hear Jason and Tom talk about scalar energy. Right. What would you say to a skeptical person who has never encountered anything spiritual before, maybe feels down on things right now because of what we've been through? What would be your recommendation to that person to help get them on board with understanding how scalar energy could improve their life? Well, in reference to my website, just view the website and then you have to discern. You have to make that decision. You know, I can't force this obviously on anybody. That's why I spend so much time writing articles and providing interviews. And, and once you view the, the website, you'll see that many people send in testimonies. Now, understand if you read the testimonies on the website, 
I don't force that. I don't coerce that. And I tell people, if you admit, uh, if you want to give a, a testimony, do so freely, but do it in an anonymous fashion. That way, I, I want to protect your identity. The point being, if you visit the website, there are beautiful testimonies from people around the world who attest to the fact that working in this dimension, I was able to improve their well-being in some fashion. Now, that's not my statement. That's the testimony from people around the world. And, and again, I, I in no way do, do I in any fashion coerce people to do so. What was the, what's been the greatest challenge for you in mapping out this trailblazing aspect of your career? What, what do you think has been the most challenging part of it, you know, looking back on where you've been so far? It, it, what was challenging is really just understanding what God was trying to, to, to show me. You know, again, th this is so out of the box, people. You know, I, I, I studied uh, extensively in college in, in physics and chemistry and, and you know, the, the sciences. But what I've learned is really almost counterintuitive to what I learned in a physics class. In other words, Here's a great example. Scalar energy is, is a never-ending signal. It never attenuates. It never weakens. Now, what do you know in nature, in nature, that is perpetual? Nothing. Everything in the electromagnetic spectrum dies. It, it experiences entropy. In a scalar energy paradigm, everything is perpetual. There is no degradation of signal. There is no death. There is no disease. It's, it's an incredible dimension that is essentially everlasting. It's the perpetual dimension. Again, there's, there's nothing like it. In the world that we live, planet Earth, everything has a finite cycle, a finite life. In a scalar energy realm, it's perpetual energy, perpetual life. I'm going to share a unique perspective with you for a minute and get your comment. As a psychic medium, I've read for thousands of people in the last, since 2004, some I, when I first started out, I didn't know what I was doing. And then as time went on, I got professional about it in 2017. Anytime I've communicated with deceased loved ones from the other side, whether our audience believes that or not, a lot of the things that they'll describe a common theme is that time doesn't exist on the other side, that they're connected to us here through energy, which is a form of love. And love is a form of energy, that it's like an umbilical cord that connects us to them. Yes. And that there's a fabric to the entire universe that we don't know about yet that unites us all together. Yes. That, and I'm wondering your opinion about that as to your viewpoints on scalar energy. Yes, that fits the description of scalar. So this is this alternate reality. There's two realities. There's two dimensions. We live in this world in an electromagnetic dimension. In the other dimension, you transcend time and space. There is no time in scalar energy. Time stands still, so to speak. Time is always in the present. There's no past. There's no future. Everything is funneled into the present moment. And in so doing, you transcend time and space. And when you look at the, the spatial setting of the universe, the universe is a hologram. So no matter where you are in the hologram, you are connected to everything. So you transcend space. There is no point A and point B. In a holographic universe, there's only one point. Okay, That's how you transcend space because everything is interconnected if everything is interconnected in one point you you can't travel from point one to point two there's only one point so th this is quite you know counterintuitive once again as to the the realm that we live in but once you enter into this other dimension you it's so far advanced it, it it's so far superior to to the electromagnetic dimension one of the things I'll say with what you're describing right now reminds me as a child, I was very interested in astronomy and I remember like, and I was born in 75. So that's just aging myself to tell you I'm 45. I remember as a little kid, I knew how many miles the sun was from the earth, 93 million miles. And there was nine, nine planets in our solar system. And look how much that changed with the planets in the solar system with Pluto in the last 40 years, right? It's been, now it's this, now it's that. And look at all the knowledge that we're gaining on a daily basis with all the discoveries that are being made, God molecule, uh, the, the, the nano and quantum stuff. And so I can see where this could play a role in terms of our understanding of the universe and how energies interconnect. Yeah, good, good for you. You know, it, wisdom knowledge is infinite, infinite. So if, if anybody 
boast that that they have a firm understanding of the infinite, you're wrong. <laughs> Nobody does. And as long as you are childlike and you want to learn and you're open up to new possibilities, there are an infinite number of possibilities to learn. So, and most people are, are you know, emotionally mature and they'll understand that. It, it, it's only somebody who's, who's very, really stiff necked that's going to discount any type of um, ancillary thinking. Well, you know, uh, you, I believe we're kindred spirits in that way. And we understand that you have to leave the door open. The possibilities are endless. Keep an open mind, right? That's a, a definite theme of understanding these concepts and, and being able to really evolve as a person and, and not necessarily rolling out something just because you don't think you can see it or feel it. it it's something you can feel. It's just you got to be sensitive and open to it. It's like someone who wants to open up their intuition and they meditate a lot and they become mindful. Those are steps and keys to helping someone open and unlock what's within themselves. And I know one of the things that with you working with Scalar Energy, you can take someone's photo, right? And then what can you do with that? When I work with these instruments, I always work with photographs, which has a force field. Now that in and of itself might be, be uh, quite different and, and, and a, a departure from what most people accept. I never work with people, animals, or plants. I work with photographs of people, animals, and plants because a photograph has a force field to it. It has a scalar energy signature. So my instruments are only designed to work with photographs. What is a photograph? It's a bi-located version of a person, animal, or a plant. And when I'm working with that bi-located version, okay, I can pick up the, the energy signature by way of the photograph. So my work is simple, it's easy, it's painless. I transcend time and space by working with photographs. I love that. <laughs> it's, it's an easy way of tying your healing methodology to an individual. Yes. So if somebody had a back issue. Yes. Let's say they, like my mom suffers from chronic back pain or neck issues, like when you're, you know, you get older that things happen. Mm -hmm. How would you be able to help with scalar energy modality healing in terms of your site and your information with your instruments? Yeah, um, in, in various ways. When I work with a person's photograph, I realize that there are signatures on that photograph, everything from a toxin to a pathogen, a germ, to even a, um, a sore back. Now, some processes I've perfected with this instrument in which I can eradicate certain disease patterns or I can eradicate certain types of um, uh, pathogens from the photograph, which is their quantum field. But other disease patterns still escape me and I've not properly defined those disease uh, concepts, but I'm working on it. So working energetically in the quantum field, everything is non-physical. And when I'm working with people, animals or plants, in this case, if I'm working with somebody um, in the quantum field, I can change and I can improve their health condition. I can improve their wellness in a non-physical capacity by way of their photograph. <laughs> well, I completely can understand this because I believe that we operate in the mind, body, spirit realm, that we're not just physical our spiritual selves can be impacted by that type of help and assistance. So to me, it resonates. My work is instructive. In other words, I send instructions into a photograph. And if you could accept the fact that the, the photograph is, has a quantum connection with the person. Now, that's not a physical connection. My, a photograph of a person is attached to that person's quantum field, which is their non-physical force field. And if you can accept that, then that's how I go about this wellness program with scalar energy. It's non-physical, always working with a photograph. What has been your favorite story concerning your work with scalar energy with one of your clients? And why? In the past two years, we've been working with um, an HIV AIDS clinic in Delhi, India. I've never been to Delhi, India. People from Delhi, India send me photographs. Now their photograph, once again, has their force field attached to it. And I access their force field and I'm able to negate the HIV virus, the molecular bonds of HIV found on the photograph. Now I live in the United States and the people that I'm working with, the people that I'm treating by way of their photograph live in India. 
but my instrument is able to, to identify the HIV virus in their quantum field and break apart the molecular bonds in that quantum field. Now, keep in mind, everything is non-physical. There is no physical activity. It's all instruction. So what am I saying? I instruct that photograph and I instruct those molecular bonds on the photograph to break apart. Wow. So in terms of when you talk about the molecular area of this, how would be the, the quantum realm? Can you give us a little overview? And I know this is, I don't want to get too technical where our audience might zone out, but in a layperson way, can you tell us a little about the quantum realm and how scalar energy interacts with it and, and why it's something that's important to pay attention to? Okay. Um, I've been using the term quantum and scalar interchangeably. So maybe I'll continue in that vein. And, and again, with an emerging science, you need an emerging vocabulary. Okay. Okay. So let me put it in this fashion. I believe scalar energy originates from God, and I believe it's a double helix. If you can imagine a DNA coil, okay, a double helix, uh, two, uh, 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 two configurations that would intertwine, and each helix is, is then a double helix looking in similar fashion to DNA. That's what scalar energy is. And then in some environments, that scalar wave, that double helix will break down into electricity and magnetism. So it converts from a double helix into electricity and, mag and, and magnetism. Now, that's the easiest way for me to describe how you can go from a quantum realm to an electromagnetic realm. Let me ask you this. Let's discuss energy for a minute because you know how our world is fueled by energy sources and different fossil fuels and alternate wind, all these kind of various things, solar energy. You think that we'll be able to utilize scalar energy to fuel ourselves and our economy and our world? Yes. And if, if so, will it help us with the global warming debate that we've yes. been contending with for a while? Yes, it will. Yes, to answer all, all, yes to every question. Scalar energy is an infinite source of energy. Re remember, it, it's from the sun and the stars. And all you have to do is tap that sun energy or that star energy. You've tapped into a reservoir of infinite energy. And in so doing, as long as you can do that and, and do it uh, in a repeated fashion, then you have a perpetual energy machine, so to speak. Now, if you look at sunlight and starlight, there's no carbon emission, okay? There's no pollution. So the, the energy of the future will be miniature stars, which are scalar energy instruments. And those miniature stars do not give off carbon dioxide or, or any type of noxious gas. There, there's no smoke, there's no pollution. And it's, it's a, an energy source that will never fade, that it never dies, it, it never, there's no entropy. So as long as you have a scalar instrument, it's a constant signal that there is no die off over distance. Okay. So in other words, with electricity and magnetism, you have to deal with the inverse square law, meaning the longer a wave propagates over time, it diminishes, it, it experiences a weakness. With scalar energy, there's no weakness. So in other words, you could have a scalar energy signal in the United States and send it to the moon and it would, it would be received in the moon at, with the same intensity as it was here on planet Earth. When you say that, one of the things I thought of is a Wi-Fi signal. <laughs> in the yeah. sense of a Wi-Fi signal always being on and constant, even though it has a fuel source with, if the energy goes out, the power goes out, it stops. Yeah. How does that differ from a Wi-Fi and scale? Is the same type of ID? Here's a good point. If this cell phone operated with scalar waves, you would never drop a call. You, this cell phone would be capable of infinite intelligence of an infinite storage capacity. Why? Because scalar energy is that infinite source. It would the, the cell phone call would never drop. You would have instantaneous communication with anybody in the universe. Scalar energy represents the infinite reservoir of, of intelligence. So any computer, any cell phone, now the storage capacity is infinite infinite memory infinite storage capacity unlimited upgrades there you go there um, you go looking at it it, it it resonates with me as we're discussing this how have how has your been 
I'm going to rephrase that. What's been your experience with promoting this to governmental officials or titans of our industry, like big oil or solar energy? Like, What's been your experience <laughs> with trying to explain this to those entities and people? My, my predecessor, Galen Hieronymus, was working with um, uh, the government, the United States government. They were very interested in his work. But it was, you know, it was all very sub rosa. It was, it was very quiet. And thus far, um, uh, the United States government has not shown an interest in my work yet. Uh, however, they know about it. And and to, to let the cat out of the bag, I, I really don't think they quite understand what I'm doing. But they 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 know what they they watch me. Let's just put it that way. They watch. Me. I would. I would just say that if you have someone that's coming up with the idea, like Tesla a hundred years ago, if you come up with an alternate fuel source, an alternate energy, alternate energy source, that would definitely get a lot of attention in our society because everything's so fueled by, no pun intended, the dollar signs with energy. Right. Look what just happened in Texas a few weeks ago. Yeah. It, if Texas was fueled by scalar energy, we wouldn't have had the issues over there we did. Oh, of course not. Of course not. And uh, the, there, there are powers that be out there that that are interested in scalar, but you know they have they have a long road to go. Take it from me; I've been at this for forty years. You're not going to learn this overnight. Here's here's a question I'll ask you: What about the military? What would be the military benefits of scalar energy? Not to use as a weapon, but is there something like that that we'd have to be worried about? Because everything always has a good side and a, and a double-edged sword kind of thing. Well, my predecessor, Hieronymus, was working with the United States Army, and one of the projects that he was working with is. He was able to take a photograph, an aerial photograph of a, a, a region, and he was able to pinpoint on that photograph where soldiers were hiding, where soldiers were, were, were located, even if they were out of plain, plain sight. So a scalar energy instrument can find soldiers that are in hiding or could find, a, 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 say, a, a weapon, an armament that is being hidden out of plain sight because scalar energy can penetrate through trees or, or a cave. You, you can find anything with scalar energy because it, it, it will locate the resonance or will locate the, the signature of a person or a, uh, a weapon of war. Could scalar energy also be used to help find missing people? Yes. With cases even, like if someone's been gone for 10 years or 12 years and their body may not be around, but you might be able to utilize scalar energy in some way. That's one of my goals, to, to be able to locate missing people with scalar energy. Because again, you're working with this intelligence and all you need is a photograph of a person in order to find that person. It's interesting because I've done a couple of things like that through my psychic realm with some friends about missing people in cold cases. And I'd be interested and fascinated to see how scalar energy might factor into that kind of a process because we take sure. cases and we'll just sit there and, and we, we basically recreate in our minds a theory about what would have happened to this person. I feel like I pick up the spirit of that person if they're past. And I have friends that do that too, but I, I'm curious to find that out. That, that'd be fascinating. Okay. Uh, have you ever had an application of that before? No, in theory, I know how to do it. Um, the, the, my predecessor, Hieronymus, was doing it with the United States Army and he was very successful. And, and just to mention this quickly, you take a photograph of, of a particular tract of land and then you have a stylus or you have some type of sensitive uh, uh, um, pointer that you would point to that map. And that when that map is sensitive, then that is the person located on that map. Since time isn't impacted by scalar energy, could you, let me, let me provide this question. Let's say somebody disappeared in 2007 without a trace and let's say it's 2021 march 19 2021 i'll date our day today let's say that you take a picture of that person from when they were alive mm -hmm. and let's say we give that to you and say hey can you give us can you give us any information regarding the theory of the disappearance of this person and whether or not they're still alive or where they might have been before they disappeared when yeah, they that's, a good, that's a good point I'm, I'm sure you could but i've not been able to develop that when people send me photographs, I'm always working with them in the present moment, which, which is another counterintuitive thought. Some people will send me a photograph when they were teenagers. You know, now they're in their 30s or 40s, and they say, Tom, do I need a current photograph? And I say, no. Your force field is always in the present moment. Now, 
Does that make any sense from an electromagnetic standpoint? No. Why? I'm not working with electromagnetic energy. None of the stuff we're talking about, if you're a skeptic or if you just look at the rational 3D world we live in, none of it would make sense to them. That's why you have to have the expanded viewpoint and the expanded yeah. paradigm to conceptualize this stuff. Yeah, exactly. My- you know, and, and again, I want to underscore, I'm a proponent. I, I love the electromagnetic theory. It's real. But there's a second energy and you, you have to, you know, one's an apple, one's an orange, and you have to make that distinction. What do you think about auras and chakras? Very real, very real. My instrument will uh, interface quickly with a chakra. Now, what is a chakra? It's a point of light. What type of light? Scalar light. What scalar light? Non-physical. So when I work with my instrument, it's, it's a very strong instrument that can balance the brain waves, which are non-physical scalar waves, or it can balance the seven meridians, the seven chakras. Each chakra is a spinning vortex of scalar energy. And that's what I've described earlier, that this helix, this, this scalar wave is a helix that rotates. So you only can really accept this, this science of chakras and brain waves in its totality if you realize that scalar energy is the animating force between behind brain waves and chakras. There's so much overlap with our interview right now from what I believe and what I talk about normally on my show. I'll give you an example. I had a, a guest on here last year, Neo Positivity, someone here in Tampa. And his, his theory is thoughts are things. Thoughts become things. Yes, so it's kind of like the law of attraction, which I practice manifestation, the law of attraction, all those things. And simple things like if you're trying to get a job and let's say you interviewed and let's say someone asked you about the interview, how the interview go from last week? Instead of saying, we'll find out if I get it. The idea would be, I'll let you know when I get it. The the simple thought process of rearranging the contingency there instead of making it if, but when changes in my opinion, the potential outcome because of, of manifestation. And I want to ask you, is that what you kind of believe with, not kind of, is that what you believe or postulate with reference to scalar energy as well? Yes, yes, because scalar energy is intention. And once people realize, again, your mind and your heart are incredible scalar energy vessels. And in many ways, you make it or break it in your life as to how you use your mind and how you use your heart. And yes, everybody has that potential You can call it the law of attraction. You can call it uh, positive thinking, positive affirmations, goal setting, call it what you will. In many ways, we we are what we think. I love that. That is like a core part of my philosophy at this stage of my life after we survived last year to now. And we are what we think and how we look at things and approach them and the way we separate it out and and construct it in our minds are very, very different on how we can perceive. If If you think of somebody who has, quote unquote, a bad day, right? Somebody who wakes up on the wrong side of the bed, they go and get a coffee, they spill it on their shirt, they're pissed off at work. Well, when they used to commute to work, uh, they're pissed off, they're frustrated, and one thing barrels after the other, right? Compared to somebody who has one bad thing happen and then they switch it up and they think, okay, I'm just grat- I'm gracious that I'm here right now. I'm gracious to be alive. I didn't die of COVID. I didn't have a family member die. I'm right. so grateful. Just the perspective can change. Yes, you're right. Good for you. Bravo. And- <laughs> You know, the glass to me is always half full. You know, sure, there's challenges in life, but you always try to make some improvement. Every day that I research, I try and do something that's going to help my research, that's going to help the world. Every day I have goals. And when you have that type of goal setting and when you have that positive affirmation, you achieve a lot. I achieve a great deal on a daily basis. You know, I could be glum and I could be humdrum. I'm not. I have goals. Anytime you have a goal, keep in mind, that's a positive affirmation. And that's a way that you can psychically reward yourself for your effort. I love that. I just think what I've always wanted to have on my podcast is somebody who has a scientific background. I've had a couple of guests talk about quantum and everything. Uh, you could tell I'm not a scientist. I was a bachelor arts type person. And a no, lawyer. You, you, you're doing great. Thank you. Thank you. It, it's a little outside my, my, my genre, but I'll say this. I love that we have someone like yourself that's trying to fit the gap between science and the unknown in a way. It's not unknown, but the un- misunderstood maybe, or not necessarily quantified yet because we all look at postulates and theorems, right? And for this, you've got to have the ability to, to just like your mind's a parachute. You got to have the ability to open it up, 
take your glasses that are traditionally your 3D world, put them aside and listen to this episode and think to yourself, wow, this is something that I can look at from a different point of view that could benefit me directly. And it's a part of my daily life. Thank you. So what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to bring this esoteric subject down to to something that everybody can cogitate on, which is your mind and your emotions. That's what scalar energy is. If you've ever said, well, I just had a creative thought. Where did that creative thought come from? It came from God. I agree. It's, it's, it's a download. You can call it an afflatus, call it what you will. But it's instructions. It's instructions from God. Some people have the ability to invent or discover. Some people are, have great intuition. Some people have great timing. Some people have certain gifts. All of that, all of that is undergird by a scalar energy paradigm. You wouldn't have any of that if you did not have scalar energy, which are the instructions of the universe. Scalar energy, scalar light are the instructions of the universe. If you turned off scalar energy in the universe, everything would be de devolved into chaos in an instant. In terms of somebody who believes in like luck, Versus, you know, good luck versus bad luck. Yeah. It sounds out there, but scalar energy, I think the more you can use it in your life in a positive way, it's not good luck. It's utilizing your environment and understanding the law laws of nature and the universe yeah. Yeah. to kind of get a grasp of things in your life to make it better. Yeah. You know, I, I've been, uh, um, I face challenges all the time, but you have to look at a challenge as an opportunity to grow and an opportunity to learn. Okay. Unless it's a life and death challenge, accept a challenge. Okay, accept it because this might be God's way of bringing you to the next step or or presenting to you another opportunity. Okay, I, whether it's in research or in my personal life, if if there's a door that slams shut, maybe that happened for a reason. In other words, don't concentrate on that one door. There's a thousand other doors that God wants you to walk through. Infinite. Forget, forget the one door. Infinite. Yes. Unlimited, right? Do you think someday, like we have our smartphones, our TV sets behind me, computer, microphone, whatever it is. Do you think we'll have scalar energy devices in our house in the future? Oh, yeah. And if so, how long from now would that be? Uh, I would hope within 20 years. Oh, yeah. And what would that device look like? Uh, much smaller. Okay. Because it's you, you don't need the circuitry. In other words... If, if you look at any electronics today, you have electronic components. With scalar, all you need is the universe. In other words, the grid system is the universe. And this is the beauty of it. You know, it only takes one scalar energy tower to provide energy for the entire world. I'm gonna ask you a technical question for a minute. Electricity, you gotta plug it in to make yes. it work. You gotta tune, you gotta have a power grid. With a scalar energy situation, how would we take that technology to master it in the most efficient way without it being dangerous or anything like that, unstable or? Yeah. There, there was a great uh, pioneer. I haven't mentioned him yet. Thomas Morey. He lived in Salt Lake City and he developed scalar energy instruments. And he had a, a, a work studio and he had a, a, an antenna, if you will. This my finger represents the antenna at the top <laughs> of his building. And he would pick up star energy with the antenna draw it down into his laboratory and power his entire laboratory with scalar energy. He, he did not need electricity. So in other words, he captured the star energy, the ambient star energy in Salt Lake City, which is everywhere, not just Salt Lake City. And he was able to, to funnel it down into his scalar energy instruments and power his laboratory. Well, it's, it's going to be that easy. So you don't need satellites and substations, and you don't need electrical conduit in your home. You, you don't need any of that. You just capture it. It's ambient. This energy is ambient, and you just capture it. With that, you know how like solar, um, solar energy, we need the sun. With wind energy, we need turbines in a windy area where wind is produced on our planet. With scalar energy, would that be something that, that would be like starlight energy? At night, we would utilize the stars, or would it be sunlight with like what we already know as solar energy? Now, and if so, how does that differ? From that perspective, you're thinking like a human being, which is normal and good. And, and we have to realize that there's an equal amount of scalar energy during the day or at night, because scalar energy is invisible. 
and and we we see through the that that narrow spectrum if you will of visible light but my point is if the universe is infinite it is god is infinite he created an infinite number of stars so we have an infinite supply of energy whether it's at night or during the day scalar energy is is just we just don't realize that we're in a sea of scalar energy we just don't realize we're in the sea what are your viewpoints on aliens because we're talking about some interesting aspects here and i believe in aliens i actually saw a ufo two a year and a half ago before the pandemic when i was on a friend my friend's ranch here in florida in eastern hillsborough county uh-huh. i saw an object that was lit up like a plane and it went, i could do this on camera with you it was like here in the sky it went down square a 90 degree angle another halfway and it shot up like that right i just showed you on the camera yeah. it was the most amazing thing i ever saw i knew it was not, it was not a military aircraft and I was a skeptic of all that stuff until I had that first experience. When it comes to aliens and the type of stuff, I know that's a whole other genre, but how do you think scalar energy factors into that stuff? And do you think they've already, another more intelligent, advanced life form has what learned you, how to use scalar energy? What or- you just described was a scalar energy flying saucer that, that can overcome gravity. Um, Gravity is caused by scalar energy, and you can negate scalar energy with a scalar energy flying platform, so to speak. And when you see the, that abrupt movement, a 90-degree angle turn, you know that, that, that torsion would be so great that those G-forces would be so great that the, the, the uh, vessel would fall apart to make a 90-degree angle turn at a high velocity. Why, why does that? Because that does not happen because you're in a local scalar energy environment that is anti-gravity. So you're not subject to G-forces. There is no gravitational force that you have to be subject to in a scalar energy force field. Now, as far as UFOs, um, they are real, but I, I believe they're very evil. Because I've looked at the behavior of UFOs, and they don't help us. They tease us. They're, you know, they're a puzzle, but I've never seen them directly help mankind. I've heard of cattle mutilation. I've heard of abduction. I've heard some people are confused. But, you know, where, where's the noble spirit in that? So if, if UFOs are, are, are out there, and I say, you know, some of these sightings are UFOs, I do believe they're demonic. I don't trust them. Interesting. I have a different viewpoint, but that's because I've always looked at the eternal optimism of things. When that one UFO I saw, I felt like it could telepathically communicate with myself and other people if you're sensitive. Oh, sure. It just said, it just said, we're here, stay out of our way or something like that. It was weird. A really weird night for me. Not weird, but eye-opening. What do you think about scalar energy as it applies to meditation? When we meditate, that's a, that's a scalar state. You've heard that some people will go into a deep sleep, a REM state. That's a certain type of, of scalar energy presence. And, and uh, I've, I've witnessed that many people that I perform a chakra balancing with, that they have a deeper meditative state where they can sleep very well at night without interruption. Now, I tell people I'm not a sleep therapist. So how did I do it? I tell them I didn't do it. Scalar energy did that. When you have a, a proper reboot or a proper reprogramming of your brain waves, then some people can meditate in a, in a greater capacity. Some people are, are calmer. Others will simply be able to sleep throughout the night without interruption. Many say that their dream state is now very vivid. They have a really active dream state that they can remember. Now, all of that is done by the way of this high-powered instrument that is downloading scalar energy into their mind, into their subconscious. The metaphysical aspects of study, believes in they believe in our earth cells and our higher consciousness and a collective higher conscious where we could tap into that and our higher selves help us here on earth. Do you believe in scalar energy terms that that's accurate? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And there is a higher consciousness and, and, and many people, many mystics have been able to, to see that, that more refined type of existence, that more refined type of lifestyle. Sure. Sure. How does scalar energy kind of tie into like our understanding of photosynthesis with plants? My predecessor, Galen Hieronymus performed an experiment with scalar energy. He, um, took plants in his basement. He, he planted a garden in his basement and then he covered up all the windows. He grew plants in the dark by way of a scalar energy instrument. 
he funneled the wire from outside and he funneled scalar energy into the potted plants in his basement. And the plants were vibrant and they grew in the dark. And that, that shows me that photosynthesis first and foremost starts with scalar energy. Is, is, are there electromagnetic consequences? Are there electromagnetic principles? Yes. But my, my predecessor, he had so many experiments and, and really I'm just thunderstruck at, at what he's achieved and the world still does not quite understand. He, he grew plants in the dark. So photosynthesis is really a subset of scalar energy. Scalar energy is, is the prime mover in the universe. When you say that, one of the things I just thought of was we could possibly not only have unlimited energy, we could possibly minimize world hunger. Yes, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. We finally have the tool now to, for you, to bet human health, animal health, plant health. So why aren't, isn't our government investing into this kind of technology or research? My research is a threat to the money and power of people. My research scares people. Are you afraid of that? No, no. God, God protects me. God protects me. But uh, the, the cats, yeah, yeah. The, the, you know, it's, you, you, you can't keep this uh, under wraps much longer. My, my work is now being promulgated um, around the world. And, and the governments of the world know what I'm doing. They, they know what I'm doing. And they can't stop it. So they're more or less just preparing for that quintessential moment in time when they have to say, well, there's a new way of doing things and uh, we're going to have to change the technology, people. What do you view as the moment when you believe scalar energy will be accepted by the masses? How do you think that's going to happen and when do you think that'll be? Yeah, when will this be, be common parlance at the, at the supper table at night? I don't know. Um, I've always said I'll probably have to treat at least a billion people and prove to a billion people that this works before, before the, the media will accept it. Now, the people will believe it, but not the media. So it's, we remain a grassroots effort. Um, just to let you know, we've already worked with 100 million people around the world because people send me a photograph. I work with people by way of their photograph. It's not unheard that I, in some days, I could easily receive 50,000 uh, photographs of 50,000 people around the world. So my projection is at least a, a billion people will have to be treated with scalar energy before that collective thinking uh, develops and before the world accepts this. And uh, my prediction has always been the media, big business, and, and big government will be some of the last organizations to accept this. We're running low on time, if you could believe how fast it is. I feel like this is the most seamless interview I've ever done. Like, it's just flowing so fast and so conversationally and just in general. But I want to ask you a little about you directly. You Have you had any patents or anything like that regarding this technology? And if so, can you explain it to the best of your ability without encroaching <laughs> anything secretive or confidential? Yeah, my, the inventor had a patent. His name was Hieronymus in 1949, and that patent has expired. I've, I've perfected his instruments, and I'm not going to patent these. One of the messages that Jesus gave me was not to patent this because the patent office would rob it. They would, they would steal the patent. They would steal the technology. Now, why am I doing this? I'm doing this to help mankind. But, you know, I'm no fool. I'm not naive. I really don't trust many government authorities out there. L looking at their track record in the past hundred years, I, I think I, that 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 by virtue of that fact, I'm going to keep this grassroots, and I'm not going to patent this. I want to ask. I want to thank you first for coming on the show. But before I end our show, I just I always ask this too. I guess if you were a spirit animal, what spirit animal would you be, and why? And I'll go first to give you kind of guidance. I always say owl. Uh, the reason I, I like that is I think owls are 360 degree. They can see everything. Wisdom's important to them. I have two parrots. So I identify with birds and one of my favorite choice of pets. And I just believe that owls are amazing and fascinating animals. And spiritually, I love the idea of having that opportunity of being like an owl in my own realms of my life and having wisdom and looking at everything from every perspective possible. Cause I feel like that can help my audience understand different points of view that they may not have seen before or been exposed to. The, the, uh, thank you. The Bible speaks of, of the eagle eye in, in the, uh, the book of Revelation, meaning 
the eagle eye was able to penetrate the mysteries of God. And if I ever wanted that eagle eye wisdom, it would be that eagle eye that that St. John the Evangelist appreciated because he could penetrate the mystery. And you can only do that with, with that's, that perception. And that really only, that comes from the Holy Spirit. So if, if I had to emulate um, um, a, a biblical animal, it would be the eagle eye of the book of Revelation. Tom, it's been such a pleasure to have you on today. And I'm so glad we got to finally do our interview. And I just wanna thank you for sharing it. Look, I know it takes courage to pursue your passion and to work outside a system of what we all understand to be our reality at this moment. And I know that you have a, a unlimited potential to make this work. And I am fully supportive of your, of your endeavors. And anytime you wanna have a platform to come back to and discuss this further, if you come up with some discovery or if there's something that you find that you want to share that's that's you know important i would love to have that opportunity to leave an open door for you for my audience likewise and thank you for the invite i would love to come back and speak once again thank you for the opportunity let's let's just go back to your contact info my audience wants to reach out to you Talk, give them you know the info of how to reach out to you the website is scalarlight.com s-c-a-l-a-r scalarlight.com when you visit the website on the homepage, you're allowed to submit photographs of your entire family, and we'll work with your entire family energetically through your force field once again. And uh, you'll see that you're, you'll feel better. Your health will improve. And I do want to say that you did treat me for two weeks, and I deeply appreciated it. I felt very much comfortable during that process, and, and I'm very excited that you were able to do that for me uh, for the show ahead of time. Thanks, Jason. Okay, thank you. I just want to thank Tom for coming on the show today. I know it takes a lot of courage when you have your passions to be able to share that with the world and not be afraid of how you'll be viewed. Uh, it, it takes a lot. And scalar energy is fascinating to me because it, when we had our interview today, one of the couple of things I saw was a lot of overlap with the ideas and beliefs that I personally hold as a psychic medium or just as an enlightened person. I like to think of myself as enlightened with all the different points of view that I've been exposed to through this show for three years between authors and and visionaries and just different concepts. And I want each of you to really keep an open mind. I always say during my opening and closing of my show, paradigms are important things. If you have the right mindset, you can use your, your construct of the world around you to change a lot. That's how positive thinking works. That's how scalar energy works. And that's what I think is important for each of us to really appreciate and understand is keep an open mind about this stuff. Every, every time you think of something and, you, and you're able to categorize it from a concept that you already know of, a point of view that you can build upon to transform and grow from. That's our goal with having this type of an episode. I am so grateful that Tom sought me out to come on the show. And I'm happy because from my vantage point, I didn't know what scalar energy was until we had a chance to have Tom cross our paths. Each of you should definitely look into checking out his website, scalarlight.com. If you are intrigued, you could submit your, your photo to Tom and he'll be happy to work with you. Check out the website for that and keep an open mind about everything in general. You know, everything that we've been going through, if, if we could think of different healing modalities that makes our life easier and better and, and makes us feel more evolved, I encourage you to look into everything possible, including scalar energy. So Tom, thank you for coming on the show. We appreciate having you here. And I just want to thank our audience for coming to, to this episode. And, and really, if you happen to come across our episode by accident, thank you for tuning in. And uh, we're going to continue to present different topics and subject matters. I want to thank every part of our audience uh, for just supporting the show the last three years. Keep an open mind, stay positive, And when you're positive, anything's possible, including understanding scalar energy and making it work for you. Scalarlight.com. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook, and don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms, and know that the universe is always yours to explore. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice 
or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here, and I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric Hass Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage, behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the The Candle Candle Power Power Hour. Hour. Electric acid. 